Welcome back to the Rhubarb and Custard podcast. I'm Jojo Smith, aka Rhubarb. And I'm Rosie Wood, aka Custard. This podcast is all about business, branding, confidence and wonky crowns. It's a safe, unapologetic space for business owners and wannabe business owners. If you want to take part in the conversation and help us figure out whether rhubarb is in fact a fruit or a vegetable, you can find us on Instagram at underscore rhubarb and custard. Either way, we're good for you. Hello, puddings. We are back for another rhubarb and custard podcast. And today... Do you know what? We have got a proper little treat for you. I cannot wait to introduce this guest. She is a fabulous human being, has kept me up till 4am one morning, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, We have got the fabulous Abigail Horn with us today. Before we introduce her and give you all her credentials and her statistics, Rosie, how's your week been? Well, you're asking me that question when we usually record on a Wednesday and it's a Monday, which has thrown me completely. And I'm going to spend the rest of the week now with no idea what is what, because yeah, you just throw me out completely. So I guess I'll tell you about my weekend, which was quite chilled. Actually, we went to the zoo. Um, We've got like a little zoo. I say a little zoo. It is a little zoo really near us. Um, It's actually the zoo. You know, the film, um, we bought a zoo. Oh yeah. uh, What's his face in it? It's the zoo. What's that, his face? What's, his, what's he called? <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Mark Mark Wahlberg? I don't know. Oh, I like him. Um, it's actually the zoo that that film is based on. Okay. So it's like a really crappy little zoo locally. Um, but they had. I've got some really nice photos, and they had. They've got lots of big cats, uh, which then prompted a conversation between the difference about the difference between a jaguar and a leopard and a panther, um, and apparently a, a panther can either be a jaguar or a leopard it's just it's the black version which i didn't know so oh. there we go 33 years old and uh <laughs> there's always room to learn something new and that there's always room yeah so well yeah, it's so- nice for me to be back with my normal voice because yeah. obviously i was poorly last week and i was kind of sounding a bit like an 0898 number and <laughs> and literally it took it well i've been on antibiotics i've had an amazing flume bomb from our from our girl jules um, which is all the essential oils all the natural antibiotics which got me back on track and i do feel a lot lot better now but I came up with a new word last week Uh-oh. because because I was feeling so poorly. I was kind of hating on myself a little bit, thinking I hadn't done enough in my business, feeling like, you know, you're making yourself feel a bit guilty because you haven't done all the things. So I came up with a new word. You know what I'm like with my dictionary? My new word is infulgence. It's indulgence that makes you feel fulfilled. And because I went and got myself a lovely um, bubble bath, I went and decided that I was going to go through all the things I had done, not the things I hadn't, all the things I had done. And I wrote a little post while I was in the bath in all my bubbles, having all my candles. It was full indulgence, but to make me feel full and make me feel better. So indulgence is my new word. I'd wrote all the things out that I had done that week. And you know what? I'd achieved bloody loads. And at the end of it, because I'd given myself a pat on the back for all the stuff I had done, I felt totally full. So, infulgence, it's a word. I'm putting it out there. It's got to be out there in the JoJo dictionary. <laughs> so, that was for me. That was my thing. I wrote all my email about it and it became a big thing. So, I hope you'll partake in some infulgence, which links me to the very next place where we're going. Total infulgence with the amazing Abigail Horn, who has actually worked with tens of thousands of women in their business, but is now known to help them fulfill their potential in all areas of self publishing. Abigail Horn is in the house. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think I've ever been so excited to be on someone's podcast. I'm already, I'm already just realizing how rubbish mine is going to be like just seeing you <laughs> absolute element you are a natural you are just loose women that's what you are I love it <laughs> how did you know who told you <laughs> that we were loose women <laughs> well, well, well it might have been the talking that was going on until four o'clock in the morning and I love the fact that you've blamed me for that I couldn't have been trying to roll over and close my eyes anymore I was so tired and we were going to be up so early and at four o'clock in the morning, Jojo just turns to me and says, what's your favourite board game? <laughs> <laughs> and 
that just for the listeners, for the the listeners, you guys need to know that Abby and I found ourselves in, I would call it a double bed, but actually I think it was a queen size bed. It wasn't quite a double. Um, While we were on a little secret mission in London a couple of weeks ago, and we literally became bosom buddies that night. (laughs) And we stayed up till four o'clock chatting and the conversations just went completely random. I think we're cut from the same cloth. To be perfectly honest <laughs> with the maps. Um, and it was, I mean, Abby was already arranged to come on the show before then. So there's not a lot I don't know about Abs because we've had we've had all the conversations. So but- sorry, what is your favorite board game? <laughs> yeah. you just skimmed right over that. <laughs> well, she didn't actually wait for an answer because she kind of <laughs> answered for herself and said, I think it's Connect Four, isn't it? I think you're gonna love Connect Four. <laughs> I don't know how we arrived at that. I have got the perfect gift. I'm sending you a gift out this week. I told you I found you something and I'm going to send it you out. But this is, so how do we know Abs? Abs has come into my world through the fabulous Danny Wallace and Sarah Stone. And we, this year, Rosie and I, we have spoke about this in our podcast, our puddings, about Rosie and I going forward with a micro book, which we are very excited about. They're two individual ones. They're not a joint one, although that could be a thing as well. Um, we'll have to talk about that, Rosie. Um, but Abs came to us. Well, my first introduction, Abs, with you was seeing you with Danny and with Sarah and the work that you do. Do you want to give just a little in, introduction as to what you and Authors & Co is all about? Yeah, so what we're predominantly known for is helping business owners and entrepreneurs get their business books out there. I'm excited to tell you that's not going to be the only thing that we do this year. We branched into fiction last year, and here's a little um, rhubarb and custard exclusive. This year, we're very much going to move into the children's fiction space as well, which I'm I'm really excited about. But predominantly, because of the fact I've worked with a lot of female entrepreneurs, I've got a few male entrepreneurs now, which is amazing. But because my audience is mainly female entrepreneurs, the main books that we've sort of got out there are those of you that have got a really important message and you just want to get it out there in a bigger way. If we had a little bit of history of you, Abs, of where you started and how, because, you know, that's some introduction that you've worked with tens of thousands of women. Do you know what I mean? And when I found out sort of like some of the history in your journey, you last last week we had um, Lauren Huron who looks like she's had an overnight success. It's not an overnight success. She's been working hard for many years. Mm. The same has as as you. Give us a little bit of the history of Abs. Yeah. So I left my ten year career when I was twenty. I think it's about twenty six, twenty seven. I can't remember the years just like they go so quickly yeah they do Ted was about two years old at the time so my eldest and I'd worked really really hard in my career to get to where I was but it just it not only was it not fulfilling especially when we look at how we are fulfilled in self-employed roles now but it didn't really allow for motherhood and management it didn't really allow for a career and and to be present for all of the things that I wanted to be present for And you know what? A hand on heart, don't judge. Not wanting to be present for those things. I think sometimes, you know, there's a lot to be said for having a a decent amount of time away from your kids. But I wanted to be around for, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like now I think, why did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Someone take these kids off me. But I think part of what I wanted was to be present for everything. So I sort of started on this journey of, well, I want to do something from home. And I was approached so I'm trying to think what year it was. It was like 2013. I was approached to work for a network marketing company. And I'll be honest with you, I got no idea what one was. You know, how you see things now in network marketing, lots of things online and join this team and do this and do that. You didn't see it online then. It wasn't really a thing. Yeah. So I didn't know what it was and I didn't know anybody else that did it. But somebody told me that I was able to earn a full-time income from home And I've got no reason not to believe them because I was definitely not going to get what I wanted in life from Mm. sticking with the job that I'd got. So I went for it. And within a couple of years in that environment, I'd gone from earning a 30 grand 
salary to earning 300 grand a year on my own own back, so to speak. So I didn't stay in that environment for lots and lots of different reasons. But I will say very publicly on this podcast, not because I don't believe in their model and not because I'm not an advocate for network marketing. I'm not strong enough to face some of the backlash that comes with that. And I got a lot of as much success as I was having in one area. I was really getting sort of online trolled in another. Mm. Um, And I'm very overly sensitive. And I've just come to terms with the fact it's not a part of my personality that I want to get rid of. I just don't want to be hardened to it. I actually am okay with the fact I'm really sensitive, Mm. but I had to be okay with the fact that that was then not the right environment for me to be Mm. in. That's a choice you made. And I really respect that. And I think when you say that you're oversensitive, I don't think it's the case of being oversensitive. I think it's just you've got a heart. And Mm. when this happens, I mean, we could talk about this a whole different subject. We might have you back on for that, actually, to do a different kind of subject on that. Because it is something with online businesses, which is predominantly what our client base is and our follower base is, there is always that worry of that, of putting yourself out there. And I think your choice to step away from that side of it because it was so so bad mm. um do you think it's got any better I, I don't know I'm so worse. I'm so far removed from that now it would be very very hard to say like with accuracy all I know is that the whole environment was no longer for me it yeah. was no longer for me and that came with consequence so you know <laughs> you don't just step away from that much money with ease because that's you you can't just create another business overnight earning that sort of income again and obviously you up level your sort of lifestyle accordingly not fully but you know we were living a lot better life than we were before but it meant that things like my husband who I had you know retired from work because he didn't need to work because I was doing well for us both he had to go out and get a job again and the first thing that he did was go and get um, a 400 pounds a month job working for Hermes parcels just to make sure that we had got an income coming in like 400 quid a month from 300 grand a year so it wasn't a decision I took lightly because we literally went from everything to nothing very 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 quickly but I felt like for my own mental health yeah and for some of the 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 morals that I felt there were some things that weren't meeting where I'm at as a person it was the right thing for me Mm. it was a brave move um but my experience was that I had helped in that particular environment 6,000 there was a couple of men but it was majority majority was 6,000 women start a business and take some independence for themselves working from home now I look back and I'm really proud of that yeah I'm really really, and some of those some of those women have got businesses that are still going today and I'm so proud that I've been a part of that movement Mm. I wasn't just sort of helping them um get themselves set up in business but I, I I have literally been flown and spoken all over the world to help women like get themselves out there and start businesses so it's 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 a massive part of who I was and and you know the, the woman that I am today but I think ultimately when I I suppose fast forward into some of the publishing stuff a part of me realized that I needed something for myself and although I believe that within that environment you have you you're self-employed and you're working to your schedule I suppose is is and it's kind of your business because you're doing your own thing you're still under the umbrella of somebody else and I genuinely am a born leader I mean people at school the teachers always used to give me a glowing report and at the very bottom of it they would say that I was bossy and I'm like no 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 born leader (laughs) Leader. born leader and so I did just need to lead my own Mm. company I need I need to lead my own people I needed to I needed to do that for me I think I think regarding sort of online businesses so we've gone from there sort of the MLM kind of model that's where you kind of earned your stripes probably and your, your bravery pants and a little bit of your armour in some sense to be strong. Do you know what they make? You wouldn't believe this now knowing me because you you, you see, I don't put myself out there as much as, as, as a lot of people. I can be pretty reserved. I try and just go sort of under the radar quite a lot. And we can think of some big names in this online space, can't we? Who you'd be like, oh my God, that person's just walked into the room. You'd, you'd feel a bit, wow. I'm not joking now and I'm not making it up to big myself up here. 
I was that person in network marketing. I would walk into a room and people would queue up to speak to me. And it was the weirdest, the weirdest feeling in the world. I have actually been out. So when you, when you start with a company, you've got like training manuals and stuff like that. I've actually had somebody approach me whilst I was out having a family meal to ask me to sign their training manual. <laughs> I mean, what the hell is that about? Can I say though, we feel like that. You stepped into our, our little podcast room today and we're like, it's Abigail. <laughs> that is mental. We're, no. We're, I'm still fangirling over you, even though I've slept next to you. No, no. <laughs> but because oh, that's a level of respect though, and that is showing that you knew your stuff and, you know, you moved, you moved and made waves. But what I want to say is then... You said something really poignant there. Rosie and I are really all about the heart-led business and it really being aligned to you because, and coming from a sales background for me, like it wasn't that I never enjoyed sales. It just never fitted me quite right. The fit wasn't exactly perfect. And that's because I wasn't doing what was truly aligned to me, what was truly heart-led, what, you know, my passion, my why, my purpose. And for you, books has always been for you hasn't it from I know like you're so passionate about books you're so passionate about learning that once you'd stepped away from that and you say you needed something for you that for me is what it's all about and for Rosie I know we're we're so like strong on this and we feel that's what's a huge success part if you've gotten if you've got your own business you're an independent business I don't like saying the word small business because I think it's independent you can be as big as you want to be that's your belief and that's how you grow but to take that thing and do something that you were so solely passionate about, would you say that that was like a massive turning point? And is that the key? It's a massive turning point. And it was just allowing me to accept me. And before anyone else can truly accept you, like you've got to accept yourself. And what the problem had been, it was not a problem. I suppose for other people listening to this, they probably think it sounds crazy, but I was traveling all over the world. I was like in in a particular year, I could be outside of the country, say 15 times, speaking on all these different stages and going to these amazing places. And that for some people is like living the dream. I was living the traveling dream. Mm. But as a, as a human, I don't like the sun. I'm like Snow White. <laughs> I, spent, I spent my whole time burnt. I'm the biggest mordos of a family girl you've ever known so when people are looking at these hotel rooms all I'm thinking is I want to be at home with Aaron I want to be with my son I want to go and visit my nan like them things are the, the only things that matter to me so what was on the outside looking absolutely living the the dream it to me it was a whole flipping nightmare and mm. then I look at authors and co now and I haven't really got a life and I don't really go to many <laughs> places and you know what most of that suits me to the just to the absolute T like it suits me down to the ground because mm. as a person I love nothing more than being in my own little bubble with some books and I'm okay with that mm. and I am genuinely okay with that and I think I think it's so easy to think that somebody else's dreams are your own yeah. well that's what you've got to do you've got to follow your own and I'd yeah. say that that happiness is portioned to your success because when you've got that, when you, you said earlier, you know, you've got to, you've got to be yourself and, you know, nobody else is going to love you until you truly love you and love what you're doing and everything fits, yeah. um, which it like brings, that kind of brings me as well. Cause we've kind of touched on it. You're saying you're a home bird. I love the word that you just said, Mardi asked. That's a proper, like this end of the country term. Is it? Right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. You don't get um, that down here. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's um my daughter will like we're gonna go on to kids in a minute we know I've got a 16 well 17 year old she's now we're just coming out the back end of the mardi ass um situation and arctic monkeys is her favorite group and I was struggling to connect with arctic monkeys and her until I heard the song um hello mardi bum and I played it to her and I was like, this is our connection so mardi I've gone off on a tangent there but I've just got to say I loved hearing it so um, you were saying that, you know, you just wanted to be at home. You want to go and see your nan. You know, you want to see the kids and everything. I want to talk business and babies with you because honestly, your journey with how you are with your kids, how open you are about it. And a lot of our listeners, you know, will be juggling lots of different things. Abs, you've got all the balls in the air. Tell us about um, it. <laughs> mate, 
we're on a wing and a prairie here on a daily <laughs> on a daily basis. And and when when we lost my uh, the children's nanny that we'd had for two years in uh, December, I, I could have just jumped off a cliff if I'm honest. Just thinking about how much worse things. Were. I think. I don't beat myself up and I don't try to. And I think that if, if, if you could take something from growing a business and looking after babies, it would be stop comparing yourself to anybody else trying to grow a business with babies because you've got no idea what their childcare looks like. You have got no idea what behavioral challenges their children might give them or any of the things that go on. All kids are unique, right? And I think I've just stopped beating myself up because for the last 12 months, I'll be honest with you, I've felt like I've watched life through a window. I feel like I've sat from behind a window going, but they can go to these places and they can do this and and they can grow their business in this way and they can hold a retreat or they can run a retreat, like they can go to a retreat. And all of these things that other people seem able to do because they don't have the same childcare situation that I've got. And now I've just stopped beating myself up and gone, but this was what I wanted and it actually is what I wanted. I wanted the balance. And if that means that I can't do certain things because I'm being mum, one day I'm going to look back on all of this and thank myself so hard that in these moments I chose to be mum. That, yeah. um, that looking through a window resonates massively. Like I've got, I've got an eight-year-old, but I've also got an almost two-year-old. And like she was born two weeks, in, or two weeks before the, the first lockdown um so like that whole lockdown process um new baby still working my business partner working from home and then everything since then it feels very much like you get a bit left behind and it's very easy to watch other people running their businesses showing up on lives constantly loads of content coming out writing their emails going off doing this doing that and you're sort of sat left holding the baby for want of a better expression but it yeah, it is that reminder that like I get to do this, you know. I think the hardest thing is that you feel like you're using an excuse to yourself, which mm. is so frustrating. It's like I haven't got these things done because I've been looking after the kids. I haven't been able to do this because I've been looking after the kids. And although I don't let any clients down, that comes at a sacrifice, which is always my own stuff. It's always my own stuff that suffers because I'm so desperate to like just do whatever I can do in the the small amount of time that I've got. And it's so frustrating, but at the same time, they're not a burden to me. Like I'm getting to enjoy all of their milestones and that's massive. And in a way it's, it's, it's more important to me. Mm. So I've just had to stop beating myself up over the fact that I'm watching life through a window. I am, I'm just about to see a lot of my colleagues and a lot of my friends head over to LA on a retreat that I should be on. And I can't go because I've not got the childcare does that matter? Is that going to affect my business? Well, I can't allow it to. I'm just going to I'm just gonna celebrate them for the amazing things that they can do whilst I stay in my own lane with my own blinkers on of the things that I'm able to do yeah. and not be too hard on myself because of it. And I think if it does, like, so what? There's time. Like, it's not, it's not a race. You're not trying to get to a certain point by, by, a certain, by a certain time. Like, your children will grow up it won't all like your life won't always look like it does now it won't Um, they'll grow up and they'll go to school and you'll have free time again and then they'll grow up some more and they'll you know they'll be a real pain in the bum yeah they'll be a real pain (laughs) in the bum and they'll they'll leave home and they'll be able to drive themselves about and go live their own lives and you'll have all the time in the world to do the things like it's not it's not a rush it's not a race do you know what and it was exactly thinking like that that made me stop looking through the window And it's because in that moment of realizing that they will grow up, they will be in a completely different part of their life. They will like life will completely change. I realized I didn't want them to. I don't want to wish one second of these years away. I want the, they are what they are and the hard and the sleepless nights and the frustrating. And there's all of the challenges that come with a 10 year old, a three year old and and an 18 month old. And I'm here for all of it. Let me tell you. You get to this point now. Mine are obviously older than your than your two. I've got the twenty. I've got twenty one year old and a seventeen year old, and my heart is literally breaking because 
it's not that they don't want anything to do with me anymore because they do they're proud of me and but they're they're starting to live their own lives and they don't need me as much and it's honestly it's really really hard I am loving what I'm doing um and now is my time for me in a sense but when I see we all look through the windows is what I suppose I'm trying to say is and we all want something that maybe we haven't got but appreciate the here and now and be present somebody once said to me it was Danielle Hansen actually she said and I don't think it's her saying as such but it really does sit with me be present where your feet are and I just love that because I'm like wherever my feet are that's just where I need to be present and enjoy that moment and be grateful for it and realize that that's where you're meant to be as well so when we are looking at everybody going off to LA or wherever they're going your time will come for where you're meant to be and it might not be LA it might be Bogner Regis it might be wherever <laughs> it's meant to be but you're in LA yeah <laughs> I've been to LA mate it's a little bit overrated <laughs> no I did enjoy it um but it's you know it was it wasn't my perception of what it would be we went for the day we flew from Vegas it was such um it was like a 40 minute flight and we went for the day but it was brilliant but anyway what I'm saying is what's meant for you will be for you and embrace what you've got um we've kind of gone off on a little bit of a different tangent today I know, I'm sorry is, no 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 it's fine because this is what I think some of our listeners need to hear as well that it is mm. we do that I think we're going into a little bit of comparisonitis kind of a conversation which we've never really fully discussed have we Rosie on no. our show no but and I think it's really really important to it, to discuss particularly for you know so many of our listeners are parents And it's a hugely, hugely common one, isn't it? You know, we're all at different stages of our business and we all have to um, utilise the tools and the resources that we've got. You mentioned earlier, Abs, about we don't know what, you know, different childcare people have got and everything else. Yours was a very conscious decision to have a nanny because you wanted to be around for those moments and you'd left that big world before so that you could be so therefore you had this person that would come in to enable you to do your business because I want to talk about authors and co obviously authors and co is highly successful you are making dreams come true which like lights up my my world because it's wishes that people have you know I remember having that wish very young on that I wanted to write a book I wanted to be J.R. Hartley for any of it we've had this we, you know this story about yeah. me and J.R. Hartley right um if you know the advert there was an advert where there was an old guy and it used to really touch me the feeling that this advert left with me this guy had wrote a book many years later he's looking for it um it was a yellow pages advert and the feeling he gets when he finally finds it in an old bookshop When I wrote my chapter in the collaboration book that I did via Authors & Co and the lovely Lucy, um, this fulfilled a wish for me from a very young age. And Authors & Co, what you do for business women, for people that have got stories, like you say, people that have got messages, it's absolutely, I think it's a game changer and life changer. And it does make a wish come true. But I've kind of jumped forward to Authors & Co there to say that because of how successful your business is, that was what you chose to do. That's what you the resources you needed to bring in because of how successful Authors & Co is. Tell us a bit more about Authors & Co because I want you to big it up. I want you to celebrate it because you run it with your wonky crown and it takes confidence. It takes courage. It takes business acumen. And we haven't even touched on that. Abs, can you please just tell us about Authors & Co and how fabulous it is? it's so it's such an unnatural thing for me to do to big myself up because I'm so used to for years now just sitting behind what other people are doing and if I'm honest with you I'm quite happy there (laughs) I quite like me there I'm trying to come out a little bit more but I am quite happy there and I think I have done something great and I think the reason I don't talk about it so much is because when I say things out loud I actually scare myself (laughs) in truth we all do (laughs) Because I've I've created something really big. And as a parent, I've created something that means a lot of people have to manage it to and, and work in the company to enable me to still be mum. Because I still only work 12 to 16 hours every single week and no more because there's no more time where I'm not with my children. So in order to create that sort of size of business on so few hours, 
that is that is a big wage bill that I have to pay. So sometimes I think of the size of the company and I think of all the people and all the families that work within my company, and I shit myself a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Grab the wipes. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I wanted to create such a monster, but then I see the impact of what we're doing and I'm thinking, I can handle it, I can handle it. Um, and then some days I think I can't handle this at all and I need all the wine. So it's just... It, <laughs> When, it's about when balance. It's balance. <laughs> it's balance. So, so, so sometimes I find it hard to talk about what I've created because it overwhelms me a little bit thinking about what I've created sometimes, which is why I've employed all these amazing people who are there to make sure I don't feel as much overwhelmed. Um, but yeah, that's that's why I find it a challenge. But I'm so in love with the business. It's how, Do you know how many authors you've actually had out there? It's going to be nearly 500 at the moment. So we'll, we'll definitely tip over 500 this year, which is insane because this is our fifth year as well. Um, so I'm so proud of that. I'm so, so proud. And it's going to get bigger and bigger um, and in different ways. Like that, They are people that have physically worked with us. They are physically authors that have been published by us. But obviously we want to get a lot more out there to make ourselves more accessible to mean that people can self-publish with all of our insights, but doing things by themselves as well, because that's going to be more, you know, cost effective for them. So we want to help a lot more people. Um and it will come. It will come. We just it, my problem is letting go. So I always think that everybody just wants that little sprinkle of me. Like you like to get that sprinkle of Jojo magic and Rosie magic. Um, but the reality is that there are lots of people out there that can take our incredible insights and do wonderful things with it. Abs, we've talked a lot and we've mentioned a lot about home and babies. Just tell us who you have got at home. What, as in the kids? As in the kids. Right. Teddy, who is my eldest, he is the cleverest. I don't even know what to say about that child. He's a, he's he's like me. He's got a mind like mine. He reads and reads and reads and reads. His speaking and his reading ability is probably way advanced for his age. And he comes out with things that I don't even understand now. So he is just, I'm so proud of him. Uh, Polly uh, is three. She has got a following of her own on social media. <laughs> Everyone loves the poster. I know that you're waiting for me to talk about her. Um, she is everything that as women we lose about ourselves along the way. She's every bit of confidence, every bit of sass, every bit of couldn't give a shit what you think. I'm just going to do it anyway. She is, is and, and to mother, the, the biggest challenge you could ever imagine. She is the hardest work and the biggest joy all in one. But she's feral. She's completely feral. <laughs> That's girls. There was a video that you posted of her just like running about in the rain in a nappy, in a, like a completely lunatic. Yeah, it's a it's it's a bit of a problem actually. As soon as she sees it, it's a bit of a problem because as soon as she sees it rain, she takes off all the clothes and wants to go and dance in it, which is fabulous when we're just at home. But obviously, when we're out in public places, it's becoming a little bit strange. Um, but obviously, that's that's Polly, and then there's little Bob, and I've got to give a mention for me little Ginger Bob because he's like he doesn't get seen and heard much because Polly is always like stealing the limelight. But I've got the sweetest little ginger haired gorgeous thing and and I love him so much and I always wanted a red-haired child and I was so disappointed me other two didn't have red hair because all of Aaron's family are red and I've just got this little I'd envisaged this little ginger baby and then I wasn't given one and I was fuming about it and then Bobby was this shock lockdown <laughs> this lockdown baby too much time on her hands too much too much sherry. There's a lot to answer for in the bottle of sherry. And Bob come along. And I, oh, I won't lie, I was not best pleased about that. But I soon got my mind round the fact that we were having this third child a year later. And they handed me in hospital this little redhead. Oh. And I realised it wasn't the sherry. It was a bit the sherry. But it wasn't just the sherry. I'd wanted my whole life this little red-haired child and then he was put oh. in my arms. So when I talk about me, this little ginger, I'm not bullying him. I, I just <laughs> sit there stroking that hair all day, every day, like <laughs> because he's what I imagine my child would look like, which I know sounds random because I've got the darkest, na this is my natural hair, like the darkest hair, but I just always knew I'd have this little red baby. 
Oh, that's gorgeous. He was always he was always coming. The he sherry was, was just, coming. The sherry was just the means to production. <laughs> <laughs> he was always coming. <laughs> you heard it here first. Watch out for the sherry, but it could bring you all your dreams and wishes. <laughs> there you go. Um, I think we we literally. I want to give. I mean, because our listeners will be will be hearing this and be like, okay. What's the top tips regarding and just let people know how accessible it is to self-publish and write a book and be an author. I never thought I'd be an author, let alone a best-selling author, because I use kisses as full stop abs. Do you know what I mean? This was this is how much this dream and wish for me was huge. The fact that I've got a micro book coming out this year and Rosie's got one coming out and the fact that I've got a big book coming out this year, that for me was never within my grasp as I want to say as a normal human being, as an average human being. So how many times, sorry, how many times will this podcast have we gone writing a little book? (laughs) (laughs) Rosie sent me voice notes going, I'm writing a little book. (laughs) We literally, you've created these wishes into reality for us. And I want our listeners to understand how accessible that is. I think it starts with probably the work you do with people in believing that something is actually possible for them. The problem is in the publishing industry, how it's sort of been rolled out over the years is that you do need a large following to get a publishing deal. You do need to be somebody famous or be somebody with a massive audience that are going to be there and ready to buy the book. And that's how traditional publishing has been set up because it's a business and they want to see that if they are investing in your book, that there's going to be a lot of sales on the other side of it. And I guess I just wanted to empower people to say, you might not have that audience yet. Yet is always the operative word in in these conversations. You might not have that audience yet, but it doesn't mean that you haven't got an important message. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be heard. It doesn't mean that your words aren't going to completely change somebody else's life. And the saddest thing is the, the, the life you will change the most in getting the book out there is actually your own. So when people say to me, so I find it so interesting, what's that book that's that that one book that's massively changed your life? I'm like, my own book, because it's created the business that I run today. Yeah. So my own book has, and everyone has got the opportunity to do that. Everyone. It's a process as well, isn't it? When you say whose life does it change and which one? And I was I was actually going to say, what is your favourite book? That was a question because you probably do get asked that all the time. Um, but I love that you've just said that because you go on a journey yourself when you're telling your own story and your story really can be somebody else's treasure map. It can lead people to, you know, to know that A, they're not the only person that something's happened to, B, there's a way forward. It's inspirational. But like you say, yours has totally changed your business. And I'm going to say it's now available on audio. Tell us. <laughs> it's now it's now available on audiobook, on Audible. <laughs> but I think, you know, these conversations always lean into these books that you can write to change somebody else's life, which is amazing, great. And you can write a novel. If you've just got something in you where you've got a burning desire that you want to be sitting around the pool on holiday and see somebody reading the novel that you wrote as as, as a summer read, if that's a goal for you, write the novel. Mm. If you can't see the children's book that you would like to read to your children because it's not been written yet, write the book, you know? And I think it's, it's so much bigger than just getting these business books out there. Like if it's a goal for you, whatever the goal is, get the book out there. I feel like that's a huge permission slip right there for anybody listening to this and massively validating as well what you said a minute ago about like your audience size. Like the audience isn't there yet, but that that doesn't devalue what you've got to say and the message that you've got to share and the impact that you can make on somebody's lives just because you haven't got you know, a, an Instagram page with half a million people on it. Like it doesn't, that's irrelevant, really. Yeah. Like the last few years. So if you, if, just as an example to you, because I don't ever mind talking about some of the the stats and stuff behind my business. When you think of like running Authors & Co for the last few years, I have got, what, maybe a thousand and something followers on Instagram. It's not really a platform I particularly use. I've got Twelve and a half thousand people that follow me on Facebook, but there's probably about a thousand that engage with me in some way, yeah. shape, or form. If we were going to be realistic, so 
it's probably the same thousand people that are sitting on Instagram. So maybe there's a thousand, <laughs> a thousand people in my wearing world. Abby t-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> that think I'm all right. Like that's great. Out of the so when you think of that number, the business over the last few years has done two million. So what? what are people worried about in terms of this audience growth stuff because it's not about going and finding millions of people it's about just finding your people and your loyal people so I I can't stress that enough this is why there's going to be no validation required from traditional publishing houses because you might not have the audience yet I still don't have the audience yet hasn't stopped me making a living yeah hasn't stopped me providing a company that supports a lot of families to live yeah Yeah, there's a lot of people in this world as well. So do you know what I mean? It's always going to grow. And But like you're saying, it's not that. That's how you've made this accessible. That's how you've made this possible. So just give us a quick rundown on the process because people are being like, okay, but, but how does that actually happen? How do I do that? Don't start by writing. Whatever the sort of book is that you are wanting to get out there, don't just sit down and start writing. At least give yourself permission to learn how to get things out in the right way or else everything that you're going to be writing may end up a little bit pointless when you know how to do things properly and that's irregardless of what sort of book that you're writing a plan is always a pretty good place to start particularly if you're writing non-fiction fiction's a little bit different um pantsing is a phrase for a reason it's flying by the seat of your pants um and that's because novels can take shape and form in all sorts of different ways but starting with a plan is the best place to start. And if I don't know what the rules are on this podcast with regards to giving like links to anything, but on can, my no, website. No, 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 we want you to. We want you to. Okay. So if you head to um, like abigailhorn.com, that's the new website that's just launched. You will see that there is a workshop in that website that will help you with so, I can't even tell you how much it will help you with. It will help you planning non-fiction book from start to finish, including all of the marketing that you need to be thinking about along the way, like the workshop in there, nothing that I ever give away for free is just to give something away for free, like a little bit of nothing. It's really, really, really in depth and it will help you create a book proposal for yourself so you can validate your own idea, sell the idea to yourself and and start writing the thing. So that will be invaluable for you. And that's on my website. I love the fact that you just said that um, that will validate yourself because that will help you with your confidence and your courage and your self-belief to know that you're going to be able to do this. Um, That's like we've just said where they can find you on your website. Where can they tell us? You mentioned about Instagram and Facebook. Where can they find you on on those platforms? Yeah, I don't do loads on Instagram. I try and show up just for the sake of being there. But it's um, I am Abigail Horn. And Facebook is probably where you see most of me. And I know that's a little bit old school, but to be honest with you, I'm a bit old school. Like I'm nanny reared. I quite like Facebook if I'm honest. (laughs) So that is um, Abigail Horn online. I think, I think that's what it is. But if you just type in Abigail Horn into the Facebook, I'm sure that you'll find me. We'll link it in the show notes. We'll definitely link it in the show notes. (laughs) Right. So you, you're saying like, you know, I'm a bit old school. I'm a bit this, and I've tried to get you to get your crown and step out and flaunt it a little bit more, but you're not, I'm really going to have to pull it out of you abs, right? Because you're saying where we can find you. I'm a bit old school. I'm on Facebook. We need to just touch on the fact that, you do write articles for some serious magazines. You've been featured in Forbes. You know, you're selling yourself down here, Abs, and I can't have it because I'm a fairy godmother. And I'm like, this woman, you need to know how amazing she is, right? So just tell us as well where you do, where, where you write for, because writing is a passion for you. Yeah, it is. Um, I've written for Forbes. I've, I've, I write as a columnist for three different national magazines. I guess I just, the, yeah, the lovely things. <laughs> I'm chuffed that I'm chuffed that I've got the opportunity. I still think in a way I'm not quite where I want to be with those things yet. So I, I guess I don't get too excited until I feel like I've fulfilled myself. I think how many of us look at programs like Sex in the City and think there's some there's a character within that that's aspirational for them or that they see themselves in. For me, like Carrie was everything that the writing, the magazines, the the book deals, like everything that she the did. Shoes. The shoes, <laughs> mate, mate. Though, can I just say, I'm never going to be able to step into that because I have to shop in the wide fit department. And me, <laughs> and me. 
I don't know if we're gonna. I know. I I don't know how glamorous we're gonna make those shoes, but there you go. Um, (laughs) So I think for me, there's still there's still a bit of that in me that I'm trying to achieve, and I think there's some maybe some big name magazines I I would really love to have a column for one day. Well, I just love that you've still got those wishes. I have no doubt you'll turn them into reality because. Uh, I'm going to go down this route. Your strategy is phenomenal of when I watch you work. So I have no doubt. And you're an inspiration. And we are so grateful that you've been on the show. What's your takeaway? Rosie, I'm going to go to you first. What's your takeaway from today's show? Do you know, there's two things I think that have stuck out most for me. The first is the permission slip around writing your book. Like if, if you feel like it's in there and you feel like you've got a message to share, then it's no more or less valid than anybody else and when you when you're in this in the scroll hole and you see celebrities publishing their books and going on big book tours like just because they've got the audience and the backing doesn't make their message more important than yours um and secondly is checking yourself on that comparison comparisonitis particularly as a parent um realizing that you know, we're, we're looking at other people's highlight reels. We're seeing people showing up, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know what support they have or haven't got. Um, and just like, yeah, just checking yourself with that comparisonitis and not and realising that there is all the time, all of the time, um, and your children are only little for a very, very short amount of it. Um, and you're not in a race and there isn't a rush and the time will come for you to you know step out and do your things but for now just enjoy where you are I think my takeaway has been you can have what is perceived to have it all and what you may have thought you first wanted but actually if it's not intrinsic and it's not heart-led and it's not from the heart then actually it's 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 worth nothing and really look deep and within and say what do you want what's going to fill your heart what's going to fill your inner to bring you true you know happy sassy and successful situations within your life because that that is everything in abs I think you're a perfect example of that because like you say you had the high flying you had all of that but what you really needed you knew was in your heart and when you've stepped out for that you found it and you're still if not well definitely more so more happy, sassier and successful. Abs, what's your takeaway for today? That I think we need a show. Yeah. Like an actual... <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I want to be in the show. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I be one of your wing... I want to be one of your wing women. I think... I can't believe how good it feels like to come and do something like this and just have a chat with two women so openly knowing that people will take so much away from all of us and the different things that we said it just feels so good because I don't do things like this very often um and now I just feel like we need a show and the way that I do things would be massive so I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at how we can have our own tv show girls like, I think I'm gonna go away and do that we're here for that. ITV, we're here. if you're listening <laughs> cbs <laughs> well, let's go let's go the full hog um yeah. okay and my favorite bit of the show we okay. ask all our guests if you were a dessert what dessert would you be and why tiramisu 100 <laughs> percent, because I've got so many different layers that you have to find in me because I just won't give you I just won't give you everything at once. But the best layer is the one where I'm filled with alcohol. <laughs> I love, love, love this analogy. <laughs> Talking of which, you have got your own podcast show, which tell us about that because this this title is fantastic. Oh my Christ. So I'm, I feel every time someone releases like what's coming up on their podcast, I feel a little bit more like mine's ridiculous. And then coming on here today and there's so many messages like coming out of it. I think nobody will really want to listen to mine. It's called Once Upon a Wine and it's just me <laughs> having a glass of wine, getting a little bit more drunk as the episode goes on, just going on about all sorts of random things. And you will get business advice from it in the sense of whatever's going on with me right there and then, like you'll come to understand what, what's happening and how I'm dealing with things and how I'm facing things. Um, but also about the children and stuff as well. And I think that was, in, that I think th- this thing, this podcast in that way is important to me. And if that doesn't relate to everybody, I'm totally okay with that. But the fact that I am a mum in business, I never, I would don't refer to myself as a mumpreneur 
but the fact that I'm a mum in business is is a very real part of me and it's a very real part of the way that I do things and I kind of want all of those things to come out on the podcast so it's just it's supposed to be just a little bit of fun um not something too heavy so more of a light listening thing I would say that when you've just said that you'd be a dessert, you'd be tiramisu because you've got all the layers, but the ones filled with alcohol are the are the good ones and the exciting <laughs> ones. Then to me, once upon a wine fits you perfectly because you know what it is. It's, it, I'll tell you what it is. I stop myself from saying so many things just through a lack of confidence or just putting a filter on myself to not offend or you know just all the things. And then on the podcast, I'm sort of forgetting because I'm just having a wine. And the whole thing is <laughs> the, the whole thing is sort of set up in a way that these are the conversations I'll be having with the girls in my pub. Um, so, I, yeah, I think more will come out than you will naturally expect. So, so this is very much Abby with no filter. Yeah. <laughs> no, no filter and alcohol. Yeah, it's really concerning, actually. I might listen to the episodes back. It's not. It's not concerning. If you listen back, don't change you'll, it. you'll be like, oh, should I have said that? Just leave it. It's already, it's already caused a major problem, though, because I'm trying to be really... <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be really in integrity and authentic to the fact that I'm supposed to be drinking on the podcast. Like that's the point, like we're having a glass of wine together. Um, so I recorded the first three and I did those in a batch just because I, like, that was a moment that I could just get things done. So I'd had, I'd had a few drinks on this podcast by the time <laughs> I got to the end of it. And I'd done it on like, a, a, I can't remember what day it was. But it was like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I couldn't do the school run. I was drunk. <laughs> send me husband out so I've already this is already causing problems in this podcast well this is a perfect testament to wonky crowns business <laughs> confidence right and just doing just doing you and I think we couldn't have a better way to end the show apps we've loved having you on yeah, we have kind awesome. of briefly mentioned where people can find you it's I am Abigail Horn yeah I am Abigail Horn on Instagram Abigail Horn online on Facebook and abigailhorn.com or authorsandco.pub any of those places and i think they're going to be linked um puddings please 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 do yourself a favor and go and follow this amazing woman she makes me smile whenever we chat i still i'm I'm always going to fangirl over you because i'm inspired by you and it's from a it comes from respect um we look forward to our next episode puddings but for this week it's goodbye from me rhubarb it's goodbye from me custard Goodbye from me, Tiramisu. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Abs. Bye. Bye.